Hello, dear listener. Welcome, uh, welcome to Brackets, episode three. I'm here with my good friend Oscar. Hello. Hello. A pleasure to be here back in the bracket with you once again. Back in the hot seat. It's not cooled. No, it's still uh, still got some steam coming off it from the hot takes from our last <laughs> our last foray into fitting songs on songs. <laughs> As expected, uh, another round of people telling us we're wrong, uh, which is good. Yep. You know, always, always glad to see that and uh, couldn't get enough of it. So we're back again to delve deep into the work of another band and work out what their best song is. Delving deep into uh, emo powerhouse. Can we can we use the word powerhouse? Is that is that a genre specific word? I would say like emo royalty. One of the pillars. Of, one of the of, yeah. One of the, one of the emo rock founding fathers. There we go. There we go. Um, we're here to talk about. American football's discography. We're here to, as always, take every single song and battle them as if they're gladiators in the Coliseum and find out, arguably, which is the best song based on our opinions. Which way will Caesar's thumb turn? <laughs> Up or down? Left or right? And I hit, oh, well, let me tell you, I'm here to confirm we've done a lot of research and the winning song is Nevermen. End of podcast. There you go. Well done, everyone. Thanks for well, coming. We've saved you an hour and a half. And uh, <laughs> tune in next. No, no. It's, just, no. it's not. Um, it's not that easy. You're not getting <laughs> off that lightly. You uh, you thought you'd have the afternoon off, but I'm afraid you're you're strapped in for at least an hour and a half, maybe two hours of content. So uh, get a drink. Uh, Oscar will explain how this works, as always. And uh, then we'll get into it. So, uh, yeah, sorry to get your hopes up. It's a little harder than that. So what we've done is we have taken every song that is on every American football major release. That is the first EP, the first LP, American football, the second LP, also American football, the third LP, which, surprise, surprise, American football, and the year one demos tape, which came out last year. Those of you with Mm -hmm. very quick maths will know that that totals 33 songs, and that's not going to cut it. Uh, I don't like extra work. I don't like extra explanation. So in order to ascertain which of the songs was going to be cut from this list, I enlisted the help of my good friend, a D4 dice. There he is. It's good friend of good ours. friend, Mr. D4. Basically, took the four songs from the Year One demos because, whilst they're still valid and different, and different versions which some people might like more or less, they are the ones which I think of all of the body of work is easiest to cut one from. So we rolled the dice and it landed on a number one, which of course correlates to Five Silent Miles, the demo from Year One demos. It's a lovely demo, but it's very close to the original and the dice never lies. So that's cut it down to a healthy, happy 32. We'll be pitting songs in a randomized pair as done by our good sponsored friends over at (laughs) randomlistgenerator.org. Still waiting on that call. Get a 10% discount on your next randomization. (laughs) On your next free randomization, 10% cheaper. (laughs) Um, So plugged all of the songs into the random list generator. It cut them all into pairs and we've lined all of those up in a handy, easy to view, pleasant to see and nice to look at chart, which we will be attaching when this episode comes out. Mm -hmm. So you can take a look and try and make your way to the ultimate American football song. And in the process, tell us how wrong we got it in the first 10 seconds. Yes. That's a good, that's pretty good explanation. So I mean, before we get into, I think it's important to, you know, uh, 
dip the toe, first of all. Uh, American football, what does that band mean to you, Connor? Oh, yeah, good point. We should probably talk about that. Uh, American football, to me, just a really good band. I got no, I got no gripes. I got no gripes with them. I think they, they obviously have an interesting history when it comes to a band, being that they just were being a studio band, broke up, album goes sort of bonkers on the internet, and then they come back and create two extra two extra gems that we've that we've had to enjoy. Um, I think, like most people, I discovered this band through means of the internet, illegally downloading on LimeWire after seeing the uh, artwork of LP1, and you know, never looked back. Never looked back. Enjoyed it ever since. What about you? So I was actually introduced to American football uh, by you. I remember we went to we went to Slam Dunk one year in Bristol, and at the end of the evening, we were at a friend's house, and I think you put this on. I was immediately like, "Ah, oh, that's pretty cool." I think it was it was well, it was definitely never meant, no question. Uh, yeah, it's an easy it's an easy one to get going. It's a safe room crowd pleaser, uh, but I think you'd put that. And I went, "Ah, oh, that's pretty cool." Uh, what's, what's this? And then, of course, it all followed on from there. There was the unfortunate business of uh, Lower Than Atlantis doing a cover of it, but we won't talk too much about that. Nope. But ever since, uh, ever since that fateful day, American football have been a, a a beautiful cornerstone of my alternative emo rock listening experience. Just great bands. Really is. Was lu- was lucky enough to see him uh, playing Arctangent the year they came back for that. That was a, that mm-hmm. was a whole bunch of fun. That was a and, real nice uh, time. Much like you, no gripes. You know, there's no... Um, no gripes. So this should be a very amicable, very... Well, actually, no. Now I think about it, if we both like American football a lot, that's actually going to make this next bit of time a bit more difficult. So let's see so. how our strong opinions fare this time round. Yeah. Right, let's uh, let's crack on with the goods. Uh, we're going to go through this uh, round one. We're just going to go through it. We're going to try and keep round one as... As quick as possible, because it's it's a bit of a long one. Bracket one, we've got Give Me the Gun from LP2 and Air Apparent from LP3. For me, pretty easy winner. Okay, okay. Uh, for me, pretty easy winner too. Let's uh, Let's see how different our opinions are. I think it is... Give me the gun. Oh, brilliant. We've got it. We've got it completely opposite from the first one. Cool. That's good. No, that's <laughs> set, set the tone. Set the tone. Well, well as the, as you know, I'd like to give you the opportunity to, to, to fight your case first and we'll go from there. Okay. Well, I'm going to talk about, I think Air Apparent is one of the strongest songs on LP3. Um, I think it's one of the songs that has a vast array of extra instrumentation mm. that sort of only uses is only there to prop and boost the song mm. and it does a it does a bloody good job in that um the fact that there's a choir at the end like oh. i didn't think i'd have to battle for this song so early on but there is a there is a whole choir piece at the end which i just think's perfect it's perfectly exposed on the npr session and i think in all cases this is just a better song than give me the gun which for me personally is where LP2 starts to sway away from what I'm enjoying. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Give Me the Gun was also the second single, I believe, from LP2. And I just, just don't think there's a, a, a whole heap going on. 
like i think the instrumentals on give me the gun are better than the lyrics like you could take away the lyrics of give me the gun and it'd be a nice instrumental in my opinion but i still think air apparent is a better tune all over okay i mean uh, the, the the difficulty is when you're comparing lp3 and pretty much any other of the body of work is lp3 is where they really kind of reached their peak in terms of additional instrumentation and arrangement because yeah the ep and lp1 and to the extent the the demos that's very much guys in a room with maybe a couple of overdubs mm-hmm. As they kind mm-hmm. of get into LP2, LP3, they get much more comfortable with bringing in external percussion, you know, tune percussion. There's like a vibraphone. There's lots of choirs. There's lots of really nice like Mellotron type synths in the background. It, it, it's very, it's almost cinematic across the LP. So I think when you're comparing it's all good things, I know I, it's it's all very good things. And I, we'll find that when we find any other matchup with something from LP3 mm-hmm. and something else. It's um it's difficult because I think from that perspective, anything from there is going to have the edge. My reasoning behind Give Me the Gun, and unfortunately I think it, it lapses into that um, nostalgia factor, is that mm. I remember when LP2 came out mm-hmm. and it was very much one of these kind of bodies of work I never thought would exist. And I remember listening to it a lot. Uh, I was on holiday in Japan and I remember listening to it. was one of the few albums I'd had the sense to download before I'd left the, ha- mm. left the flat. Yeah. <laughs> classic so kind of going like guess i'm gonna get really familiar with this record uh and i remember like being so taken aback with those really it's such a tiny detail but those really nice offbeat kind of syncopated percussive hits in the kind of verses that mm. sound even if you've got headphones in it sounds like it's coming from outside of where you're listening and it, like it adds this kind of other dimension to the audio that I hadn't previously associated with American football in terms of sound design, which is not really a thing that mm-hmm. I'd considered because it was very much guys in a room and almost didn't sound like some instrument instruments were there, etc. Um, I think give me the gun is <laughs> the difficulty I have as well is that I've got a real issue with songs that are named after the first line of the song which is really difficult with LP, the entire of LP2 because every song is named after the first line in a very conscious yeah. artistic choice. And yeah. it puts me off for the first like five seconds. But mm-hmm. the fact that this one, I think it, it's got a lot of re-listen value for me because I still pick out really nice interplay, really nice ups and downs. And it's Ugh. just got crack, it's got cracking choruses as well. However, now I put it under the microscope I think in terms of the all that extra airy cinematic instrumentation and the kind of rise and fall that it does using that to such an extent, I think Air Apparent is difficult difficult to compare the two as songs, but I think as a listening experience, maybe yeah. maybe 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 a bigger one. So I, I think in order to save time, I will <laughs> well. It, Give me the gun is not one of the songs that I thought I thought was going to win, so I'm not going to. I'm not. No, gonna, no, neither do I. I'm not going to fight it to the, to, to the death, but I bloody love it. However, let's put Air Apparent through and then watch and see its progress. See where it goes. All right, that's that's a uh, that's fair enough. I didn't have to. I felt like I was going to have to argue further, but I'm glad you uh, you gave up the gun. I'm sorry, I don't get it. Could you explain it, please? <laughs> let's get on to the second one. Okay, so the second round, we've got another LP2-3 matchup. We've got Doom in Full Bloom versus Where Are We Now? Strange how we see. 
Mm. Okay, I'm going to say it again. We'll get sick of this phrase. I think this is a simple one. I actually, um, this this was one of the ones where I looked at and was actually, it was it was tough for me because I enjoy, I enjoy both these songs quite a lot. So I will go ahead and explain my reasonings, and then you can tell me what the simple answer is. Yeah, of course. So for me, uh, where are we now? Is obviously the opening track of LP two, and I think it's a really really strong opener mm. to a record, like. I can't stop listening to this song purely because of the drums. Oh, I, my God. I will talk. I will talk about the drums of most of these albums for till till the end of time because the mixing of the drums boosts me- most of these songs to a next level, in my opinion. Mm. Like the soundscapes that come out of these beats and everything is just incredible. That that's my entire argument for where are we now i just think the drums make that song better than most songs i've heard in a long time mm. and i'm a sim- i'm a simple guy no, i like good drums i'm right there with you i think a song is only as good as the sound of its drums really absolutely and i tell you what american football know how to get their drum sounds good Ooh, so the the, the tuning <laughs> the miking the playing jazz baby Interestingly enough, uh, both LP2 and LP3 were recorded in the same studio, um, ARC Studios in Omaha, Nebraska. I knew I, um, I knew I could count on you for that deep lore. Uh, that, that, there it is. Bit of deep lore. The real, you know, deep cuts for all the studio fans out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and for Doom in Full Bloom, I had it as one that, that I thought was going to go um, quite far in this I think Doom in Full Bloom is an, an example of this band like hitting their stride and hitting an like an area where they're completely comfortable in their musical creation mm. and their body of work and it just like it shines through on that songs like from the lyrics being wonderful the melody of the lyrics being incredible and again the instrumentation like for me Doom in Full Bloom is like a home run in how good American football can write music yeah. and also engage me as a listener. So again, for me, like I said, it's quite difficult because where are we now is a, is a good opener. Um, but I, I am starting to think that doom and full bloom is probably the better of the two songs. Um, so give me <laughs> break my heart. Tell me, tell me that where are we now is your favorite one. So where are we, where are we now is my favorite one. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> this is the second bracket. <laughs> it's fine, yeah. It's it's setting its own. Um, so I will I will go on record again and say that the material across LP three, I think it it touches on a side of the the American football box that other ones don't necessarily get in quite the same way because it does. It's not afraid of how smart it can be in those external instrumentations and Mm -hmm. you know things like the really nice clapping syncopation across the verses and like fives and Mm. sixes interchanging all over the end and the nice spacey Mm -hmm. oohs and Mm. beautiful guitar tones i like the fact that there are more moments on lp3 where you kind of get a bit more gain a bit more like space with where the guitars are and the way that works with the vocals however I think what where are we now represents with regards to the narrative of the band, I think is more important because it's Yeah, the, you've got a good point there. It's the first thing that 
you know, we've spoken before about the idea of an intro track setting the tone for an album. I think yeah. the pressure that was on this particular intro track being the first material that they had released in, what, 13 years? 17. 17 years. The first new bit of music to release in 17 years after becoming this absolutely global cult phenomenon, years mm-hmm. after they decided not to really do anything with it. I think it's such a hard line to toe because people who want American football one again are going to hear that and go, okay, it's not exactly the same, but I'm along for the ride. And similarly, people who are coming into it cold, it still grabs you enough and it does that kind of build. And the word, I've written a single word of notes for this song and it's just the word euphoric because that's what I yeah. think it is. Um, yeah, no, it's really good. I, I think it just, um, it it perfectly sets you up. And you said to me earlier that the way you kind of prepared for this was to sit and listen to all of the records as records, like physically yeah. spin them so you could do that and nothing else other than that and really just focus on what it was. I think opening a record with Where Are We Now, it makes you go, okay, I'm I'm along for this particular ride. And it also, yeah. and it, without reinventing the sound to a way that you can't recognize the band. You know, there's still yeah. stuff you hear on this, which you can still hear on LP1 and continue to hear across LP3, but it's growth and maturity in a way, which I think means a lot. So that's 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 why for me, it's an easy choice, at least. Yeah, I mean, you you argue that really well, and I don't disagree with any of that. I've always I've I've always said that I feel that I personally felt that LP two was it it sound LP two sounds like a a group of fantastic musicians learning how to be a band again. Sure, in my opinion, like there's been this big wealth of time between being a band in your mid mid twenties up until seventeen years later, where you're in your you know pushing into your 40s and lp3 feels like american football have figured out what american football would be like when they're in their 40s sure so both have both have um fantastic points musically Mm. um and i'm 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 more than happy to swing towards where are we now for this cool love it fantastic there you go for, for speed one <laughs> that's really what this is all about i'm gonna get in gonna get out and gonna get it right so yes so number three um which is is the bracket which i think we will actually both agree on bracket number three we've got i'll see you when we're both not so emotional versus uncomfortably numb so lp1 versus lp3 Uh, I have got no notes for emotional and I'm more than happy to talk about Uncomfortably Numb at length later on because that is the better of the two songs. Correct. Uh, (laughs) Emotional is, I've said, it's much more of a traditional like emo rock 90s type song which still has the kind of trademark American football uh, signature switching end section. And it, it's, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it feels like them, feels perfectly in place with the rest of the album. It, with your first full length, you kind of want to cover all the bases of what your band listens to and what you want to do. And I think that's very clear on this track. And it's quite, for a song that's got such a long title, it's, you know, pretty streamlined. However... You're giving it, you're giving it its uh, lap of honour. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Because it deserves it. It's a very good song. Yeah. And playing it live, yeah, but like, wicked. That's great. However, Uncomfortably Numb... We're going to have plenty of time to talk about it down the line. It's fantastic. Yeah. Good. The end. Let's Un- move on. Uncomfortably numb. There it is. 
<laughs> then we have in bracket four we've got the one with the Wurlitzer from LP1 and Five Silent Miles from the EP This one's a bit closer in terms of, you know, with emotional and uncomfortably numb, that's one end of the spectrum to the other. This is very close in terms of where it's been written and how they both work. Um, Mm. For me, there's one fundamental feature which tips one of these over the edge, and I'm going to let you guess what it is. Uh, I'm going to say it's uh, Wurlitzer, and I think it's the use of the trumpet. Absolutely correct. I wrote, love that trumpet, baby. (laughs) Yeah, I love that trumpet. The use of the trumpet in uh, the Wurlitzer is... It's it's honestly like what I end up humming to myself genuinely when I'm on my own. Such a good subconsciously. Such a good line. It's so so good. I think that that's when I was making notes on all of these. I feel like that's real consistent across all of them. Is that any of the American football songs that come up? If they've got a trumpet in them, I'm probably going to pick that one. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, everyone loves a bit of trumpet. It seems that trumpet has. uh, has moved away from marching bands and just gone into emo bands, and I'm, I'm completely fine with that. If I had known that trumpet was able to be used in this way, which wasn't just lame orchestral whatever, <laughs> I probably would have stuck with it past the age of yeah. 13. But, you know, I I didn't know at the time. It, t- it was too little too late. By the time I found out trumpet could be in an emo band, I'd already sold oh, it. So um, the, the options are endless. You could be in a ska band as well. Connor, come on. Be serious. <laughs> I thought we were friends. Let's let's, uh, let's touch on five silent miles briefly before we just put it to rest. I it sits really nicely in terms of a, a it's it's quite a bold choice I think in a three track EP which isn't from an instrumental band to have a purely instrumental track in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. But it is nice because you do get to see a lot more of that guitar work and it lets the drums and guitars play off each other in a way they might not in the same way if there were vocals in it. Um, but I am less likely to sit down and play it apropos of nothing. Like I, I would, if I was playing the EP, great. But with mm. with the one with the Wurlitzer, I would be much more likely to play that, to hear that sweet brass when I hear <laughs> and blow that horn. And that's the, it's the ender of LP1 as well, which I think is a fantastic place. Yeah. And a, and a good song to end LP1. Well, I think um, Five Silent Miles is, for me, it's got some of the most interesting chord sequences and like some really bright guitar sounding um instrumentals and i like the way that the guitars are shown in this band uh, well in this song and and on this ep i think it's probably the the standout single from the ep Mm. and it's there's just so much interplay and linking which is obviously a theme through a lot of the records but i think it just comes to the forefront on this song but but i love me some trumpet love that trumpet uh, so Wurlitzer's gonna gonna walk that one, I think. Yes, I would agree with you. Fantastic. All right, the next bracket. Moving swiftly on, we have "Can't Feel You" from LP3 versus "Song One Slash Song Two from the Demo. Now, this is like as far as you can get in terms of ends of the spectrum. So I almost feel like this one is unfair. But, you know, the Mm. random.org is merciless and unbiased in its placement. So (laughs) I I, I think that it's quite an obvious one. And I don't want to put it all down to 
the production, but like you've said before, most of the material on LP3 feels like the band that American football was always meant to be. Yeah. And song one slash song two, I think feels kind of like an origin story to me. It feels like a, you can see so much of the band they go on to be in a track that's so expansive as Can't Feel You. You still get a lot of that from song one slash song two. Like it's not, this isn't the same band. You kind of get a lot of that same guitar work, a lot of the same like different, you know, use of signatures in a way which feels natural, not gimmicky. Um, it feels very intimate, I think, in terms of the way it's recorded and the way that things play off each other and a kind of start-stop nature of it. But Can't Feel You is just bigger and, dare I say it, better. I would agree with you. I think uh, Can't Feel You has got some legs in this competition, mm. um, so I probably want to talk about that later on. I agree with all your points. So for me, Can't Feel You goes through. It's pretty simple. Love it. Great. Then we go on to round six, which is Life Support versus Born to Lose. So Life Support finishes LP3. Yep. Beautifully, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Um, To be honest, that's all the information I've got written down for it. Mm. Probably my favorite ending tune out of all three LPs I've written down. I'm a simple guy. More so so than Wurlitzer. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I actually enjoy that a little bit more. Interesting. Okay, fair enough. Uh, it's just it's just the way I'm feeling, baby. Oh, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. And Born to Lose, I again, it's one of these songs that I feel might have been better as an instrumental. Mm. I feel like the lyrics sort of sort of hold the instrumentals back. Like you're focusing on the lyrics a little bit more. Um, obviously, the ending is completely instrumental. And it's a nice fade, which mm. allows the song to grow and, and breathe its its life a little bit more. Yeah. For me, I'm I'm leaning towards life support as I just I think it's a better song and I enjoy it a little bit more. Okay. See, it's interesting that you say that Born to Lose could almost be um, an instrumental because one of my favorite parts of it is when Mike kind of gets up to that the higher end of his range mm-hmm. because he is a vocalist from LP1 to LP2 is just like insane amounts of growth and development. And you don't hear as much of that upper end as register on Mm. the first record. And you've got a lot more kind of, it feels like a lot more control, a lot more comfortability because, you know, time uh, happened. So I feel (laughs) like there's a lot of time happened. A lot. It turns out if you wait for 17 years, certain things you can grow into a bit more not that the vocals mm-hmm. were ever bad in lp1 really want to make that clear it's just it feels more more at home i think on lp2 but yeah. um hearing him get up into that range and the way that sits on top of where the guitars are combined with those really engaging chord progressions like if you are hearing this for the first time i guarantee where that chorus goes and the way it flips between the a and the b sections isn't the way you would expect but yeah it comes from a really intelligent place. And I think this is where one of those examples where if it, if it was ever at doubt, you can hear that they're very intelligent in terms of their way, the way they construct songs as well as the way they write songs, which are slightly different. You know, obviously the way you build things up is not the same as the core of it, but I think it's just, um, I've put here that it feels like more of a journey than life support, which I'll give you as a really nice, like fadey, breathy up and down fade, like, 
it's a perfect way to end that record. Yeah. But for but for me, I think Born to Lose it treads a kind of slightly like eerier space, but in a way which keeps you locked in. That that's what I would say for that one. Do you know what I think you've convinced me on that one? Oh, I think I think you've conv- you've convinced me there. Well, I'm I'm sitting here. I'm thinking about it. And you know what? I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to let that one go through. I feel like we've all listened to so much chill American football. We're way less <laughs> we're way less contentious this week than we are than we have been in the past. I feel like yeah. the more chill the music, the more chill our reasoning. Like, yeah, dude, that's fine. All right, cool, let's do it. <laughs> All right, well, that well, Born to Lose goes through. I mean, I'm happy for both of them. You know, they both did well. Yeah, I'm um, proud of you both, kids. <laughs> Next, we've got, uh, for sure, the demo versus the regrets are killing me. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to say it. For sure doesn't have a trumpet on it. It doesn't, but you know what I enjoy about the uh, the demo of for sure is is the the drums sound almost like they're electronic. Yeah, I did really like that. That's a really interesting thing that they can get away with. I think in the demos, it would have felt really weird if the drums on the LP had had, had the electronic thing on them. Um, felt like an eight bit version. Yeah, like um, someone doing a chip tune remix. Yeah, which exists of a certain as yet to be mentioned a American football song, but we'll get onto that in good time. But yeah, I, um, I, I agree that, that of all of the demos, which are interesting to listen to as a kind of snapshot of where they were at at that point in time, I definitely found this one the most engaging because yeah, it's got that other element, which you don't really hear as upfront, if at all, uh, across the rest of the discography. However, as I said before, no trumpet, no sale. I mean, you, you've got a fair point. You've got a fair point. I also agree that the um, the for sure demo is probably the best demo. Yeah. If you can have best demos, I always feel a bit uh, estranged to when bands release their demos. It's like here's what we were kind of thinking, but chose not to do anyway. So here's ha- here you go. I uh, I've been put off demos to an extent ever since I. LimeWire torrented uh, the entire of Biffy Clyro's discography thinking I'd get like three or four albums but accidentally <laughs> d- downloaded something that had like every single B-side every single demo every single live thing ever and it was like no joke no. 400, 400 tracks like it was just oh no just that's a lot a million versions of every song and you know what I've listened through most of it there's not a lot of them which are better than what the one which is actually the real version and this is another yeah. case of that where it's good, but it's not as good as the real version. No trumpet, no sale. No trumpet, no sale. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be. Print it. Put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> I um, I think with regrets, it's it's pretty much classic LP one for me. Classic. There's a lot of nice guitars. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of nice melodies. And to be honest, that's going to be something I say quite a lot. So for me, for sure, great demo. For sure, it's a great demo. For sure, it's a but great demo. Regrets are killing me. I think just flies through this one as it's just the quintessential sound that you and I and everyone else listening is here for. Oh yeah, that sounds like American football. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, chuck it on through. Chucked. Okay, next we have the final bracket of the first half, breezing through. We have Mm -hmm. Home is Where the Horns Is against Stay Home. (laughs) 
This is the first LP1 and 2 matchup so far. Uh, so yeah. the biggest gap in terms of time. And I think that doesn't necessarily work in Stay Home's favour, as far as I'm concerned. Nah, I think Stay At Home is the far superior song. Do you think? Yeah, Stay At Home is probably my favourite track on LP1. Interesting. It's the longest track on the record. You get a whole three minutes in of like beautiful instrumentals before the beat even drops. And it's built, there's like a lot of nice tension. There's some nice releases in there. And it's just, it just fills me up with joy listening to this song, especially as it's, I mean, it's quite a miserable song, mm. but, you know, Emo's not sad. This, this gives me a lot of joy and it's essentially saying, hey, don't worry about being an introvert. It's all good. Don't worry. <laughs> you get that good, nice three dude. minutes of, yeah, you get that nice three minutes of build when the, it, it, I'm going over myself here again, but when like, the, when you get to the point where just before the beat drops, it is that tension and release, which, you know, great music is built off. And then you get another 20 seconds of just enjoying that backbeat mm. before even any lyrics comes in. And that, you know, th those three minutes, 20 before the lyrics come in is longer than most pop songs. And I'm not here knocking pop, but if you can say more instrumentally for three and a half minutes before your lyrics of your song even get to it, then whew, for me, that's another example of how good instrumentally American football is. And again, I'm going to say it, the drums on this song sound fucking phenomenal. And I'm here for that. I mean, what kind of an idiot would I be if I argued with that? Because I can't. Um, I mean, to be fair, to be fair, I think where my uh, where my decision comes from is largely, I think almost it, it hinges on more so the lyrics of Homes With The Haunted than the instrumental, which I love too. Mm. But I think the way that the metaphor is put together in this song and like lines like the ghost in the corner of the room uh, knows how you're feeling because you're dead to him too. That's like, oh yeah, that is a arm tattoo if ever I heard one. You know, it's um, <laughs> it's the kind of stuff which or stuff of dreams are made someone of. Someone hears and goes, oh my god, I feel like that. <laughs> they get me. Uh, yeah, and I think that the emotion that's conveyed through the instrument, the, the instrumental, and the really nice do 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 like. So many nice little lead lines in that, which I think is why it jumped out at me because I think it it, it stands out in a listen of LP2 in terms of the mm. way it makes you feel. That said, the more I think about Stay Home and I'm actually looking at my notes for it, it seems to me that I made the wrong choice because I'm looking at my notes for Stay Home and I've described it as an odyssey. Top-notch open picking. I mean... An odyssey is a pretty high accolade. Yeah, I, I don't know why I've I've painted myself into a corner here, and I actually remember there's um those really nice because as you know from having informed me that there's a wiki explaining all of the different tunings on this first album. Yeah, the, the really nice open tuning that's on this song means that there's some super super satisfying parts where there's a really nice clean just pick through the whole guitar which. It's one of the few moments I feel like I want to air guitar along to, which is just a really nice, satisfying open chord, <laughs> which is a, it's a super lame thing to get stoked about. But at the same time, mm. I'm looking forward to it when it comes on, you know? So I think this is also the, the just to go to the tuning, as, as someone who doesn't play guitar either, I'm feeling pretty proud of myself here for making this note. This uh, tuning is in F-A-C-G-C-E, which is the second most common chord progression or tuning progression, sorry, in LP1, according to my notes and wiki. Well, tell you what, 
it's mental as a cheerleading, but damn it, it gets results. <laughs> I um I also wrote for Home is where the haunt is. Correct. R.I.P. the haunt in Brighton. Doesn't seem relevant, but Well, I R- think R.I.P. people R.I.P. indeed. I'm not arguing with that, but people people will know where I'm coming from. But I... for me, let's get to the point. Yeah. Stay home goes through on this. This one, is not a Brighton venue podcast. This is an American <laughs> football song podcast. <laughs> but... Are you arguing with me or are we going through? No, no, no. I think I think Stay home is that is yeah. Let's 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 make it happen. All right, so we're on to the second side here. The first bracket of the second side, we have Mind to Miss from LP3, and the summer ends. This is a tough one, not because it's a hard decision, but because of. American football's vast sprawling back catalogue. These are a pair of songs that I don't have a super strong feeling about either way. Not so much with the songs, but I just think that with the summer ends, I'd rather hear the full version. Yeah, that's that's how I feel. I think the the demo is fine and all, but like I've said about demos previously, I think I would rather hear the full song, which coincidentally is coming up next. And uh, oh my god, I can't wait. Mind to Miss is a nice song and it's a full song and it's, you know, it's on the LP. So it's how the band are happy with it. So I think... Mind to Miss isn't great, but at least it's finished. Yeah. <laughs> Out of the uh, demo song and a song that's been completed, Mind to Miss gets through there. Go on, boy. Give it to this one. And this isn't to say that Mind to Miss is a bad song by any means. No, It's no. got some beautiful rhythms and tones and I really like... This is another great example within LP3 of like a really tasteful and mature and just like effective use of tuned percussion. Some real nice vibraphone on this track mm. really gets you in the vibra zone. Jesus. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> um, <laughs> next up, we have the full version of The Summer Ends and mm-hmm. I Need a Drink or Two or Three or Four or Four. No more than that. No, no, no more than that. No more common that's, that's, that's silly, that's silly behaviour. Maybe I've been wrong. For me, the summer ends is the the better song of these two. Um I feel like <laughs> I feel like most songs on LP one have the potential to be like the main song of a teen drama mm. or a film about entering your twenties in the summer. Um there's obviously the line in this thinking about leaving, which is probably the most emo thing that has been written in a while. However, arguably, I don't know, put, put some cap and jazz in there, who knows? But that's that's not that's what this is all about. It's the emotional counterpoint to all the pop punk drivel of leave this town, get out now, me and my friends. It's like the flip side of that. It's like the upside down of that sentiment in a way which is actually, I'd say, meaningful. Like this, this the yeah. emotion of this still rings true it's a timeless thought that a lot of people feel but it's done in a very a very effective way um yeah and i've written here for my for my notes i've written top trumpet love it (laughs) well we know the answer to this one then yeah we'll see a real theme emerging here that if there's if there's a trumpet it's gonna have an unfair advantage yeah um i i wrote down 20 something mike has something that he's really got to deal with in his emotions. And to be honest, I probably did too. Yeah. But then countering that to, I need a drink. Mm. (laughs) I also went, you know what, Mike? Sometimes I need a drink. Or two. Or three. Or four. But for me, 
I, I wrote that down in jest because I that that lyric really gets on me. I don't I, I, I don't again this I can forgive a lot of the artistic choice of every track on this album be named after the last lyric or the first lyric even where mm-hmm. every track on the first album was named after the last lyric. But that is a not a good first lyric for me in my personal in my, my personal preference is not that particular line i don't i it, it rubs me up the wrong way yeah i i think without i think we we know that the summer ends wins this one but for me um i need a drink is is probably my least favorite american football song wow sorry sorry if anyone had this one winning but i mean you're you're an idiot if you've got this one winning you're wrong um the, only, the, <laughs> the now the the uh the positive note i put about this is that it's nicely put together in that it's got quite a relaxed swingy type feel which could be there to use as a musical metaphor to show how you feel loose and free when you've got one two three or maybe even four drinks in you however that could just be a coincidence (laughs) let's move on (laughs) all right next we've got silhouettes versus everyone is dressed up from lp2 gonna say it silhouettes wins yeah the end uh we'll talk about that in a bit there you go everyone's dressed up is really nice uh, we'll give it a, a, a fitting send-off uh <laughs> somber yet optimistic it's got a trump in it which you think would win for it so that really yeah. speaks to the the strength of silhouettes well we have flipped it we flipped the script well okay the trumpet wins nine times out of ten this one is the one out of ten yeah we'll elaborate further afterwards yes uh next up we have Leaving soon, and the one with the tambourine. Do you like tambourines? Now I like tambourines. However, you listen to that. You, you listen to American football's catalog in full, as we both have. Mm-hmm. It's not the only one with a tambourine, and it's certainly not mm. the best one with a tambourine. I've written several notes in this saying, really love when that tambourine comes in. Really love when that tambourine comes in. And uh, this one is just, I would say, more, it's closer to straight up and down, like classic math, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's pretty fun, but it's not, um, it's not waking me up inside in the same way that Evanescence alluded to. <laughs> uh, I, I wrote down the... Uh, this song feels like it was written towards the beginning of LP1. Like, I feel like the one with the tambourine could be an LP1 song. I'm a big fan of the drumming patterns in this. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. And I, f- I feel like there's some synth in there somewhere. Maybe. I feel like there's a, there's a little bit of synth or an Ebo. That's, that, yeah, that is, that is another bit of musical equipment that it could be. I, that you know, I really, I really spent some time thinking about what that could be. Uh, for leaving soon, it's a really nice instrumental. You know, yeah. It's the middle of, the, it's like sort of in the middle of the record, which is nice because I think the fact nice. that the EP has an instrumental in the middle of it, and this is the same thing. It shows a sense of consistency between the two, which you know, it's only a year apart, so it would make sense. But um, yeah, I, I said it's a really nice instrumental, and I typically don't enjoy. Um, a snare off sound Mm -hmm. but with this one because it builds towards something bigger contextually it works really well and when 
there's no vocals and the drums are one of the main things you've got, particularly the way this album is mixed. Like it almost doesn't sound like there's bass in some places. Mm. So it's really just guitar and drums super audibly on this one. I, I, I think it, I think it, I think it works. I think it's good. I'm, I'm at the point of just putting leaving, leaving soon going through cause it's, cause it's nice. Yeah. Cool. Fantastic. Easy. <laughs> I love that justice. Okay. Next up we have, Honestly from LP1 and Desire Gets in the Way from LP2. So I I got nothing for Desire Gets in the Way. I think for me, LP2 sort of wanes towards the end of the LP. Um, I think it's very front heavy. Mm. So I... The last couple of the last four songs on LP two, I can I I can take or leave at this point in my enjoyment of American football. Uh, honestly, on the other hand, talk to me about that bassline and that little galloping drum beat at the beginning gets oh, you going. Yes, it's it's one of the ones that <laughs> you get stoked on to an extent. Hearing it on record, because you're like, this is really cool. This is very different mm-hmm. to what else is going on. And then you see it live, and you're like, woohoo! <laughs> You've had some beers. Calm, calm the heck down. Like that big <laughs> extended open chordy section at the end is yep. just like, it's a brave move to do something which a lot of bands would purely save for that kind of live environment, but record it as the regular version and mm-hmm. be able to capture it in a way which is still engaging. Like it's yeah. it's very impressive. Um, I, really in, I really enjoyed on this song again towards the end of the the end of the song like every time i put it on the bait like i kind of i kind of give like the, this sort of like cheeky grin to myself like i remember really disliking this song for a long time purely mm. because of the bass line and the galloping drums and i was just like oh this is a bit this is a bit cheesy lads like come on yeah but then you get through that and it, in context of the song it works really well and then you you're presented with this with this beautiful musical tale and towards the end of the song there's i get this feeling like with the with the driving downstrokes and it feels like the the guitar fretting is just purely downstrokes yeah uh, i'm not a guitar expert but it feels like that and it almost feels like when you're when that in context with the drum beat it feels like something is pulling away like the syncopation is pulling is really trying to pull one instrument away like more than likely in my mind the guitars are trying to wane away from the beat mm. but then it never it never goes so far to distract you from the song and it actually wants you in my mind specifically it makes me want that waning to sort of come back onto the beat and every time it does for just a split second you get that nice little tension release and you're like whoa god this is a good song for a band that's very very at this point in particular they've well no across all of their career they're very organic i would say there's there's not you know, pretty much the, the the most electronic thing we hear is that one little drum machine that's on one of the demos. Yeah. And this in particular really feels, it's a term I've used before, but like guys in a room. Mm-hmm. And it feels so locked in. Everyone is on exactly the same feel for the big end section of this track to the, to the point where you kind of feel drawn into it. Um, yeah. There's a yeah. I mean, feel is a, is a word we haven't really used to describe them so far, but there is so much of that because there's a lot of quote unquote math rock or Midwest emo sounding stuff, which is incredibly technically proficient but doesn't have a lot of I don't know soul or feel to it. 
Whereas this is not super flashy. It's not super, look how many crazy signatures we can cram into one place. But it is more intriguing, I think, musically than a lot of comparable stuff, which certainly added to why they became such a big critical mainstay. But um, yeah, this this really captures that feeling of... Um, the organic energy that people can have when playing across each, from each other in the same kind of space. And it's, it's hard to capture that given the kind of fairly, uh, not low, but it's, it's not overly produced any of this, but it still comes mm. through really strong and it still holds up now. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's a very clear stormer against yeah. the two. Um, all I put for desire gets in the way is they do the thing that American football does best. Builds to a point and then really naturally eases you into a completely different feel for the end, which it does do, but then honestly does as well, but does better. So there we go. Honestly goes through. Honestly goes through. Honestly, it goes through. There you go. Uh, next, we have for sure from LP1 versus My Instincts Are the Enemy from LP2. There's a, there's a lot of things here that I think you'll enjoy. There's some trumpet. Uh, there's yep. some tambourine. Oh, yeah. There's a little drum fill. And mm. and it's American football. Oh, I like that bit. Um, for me, uh, what did I even put? So for me, I said, yeah, I don't want to be, you know, predictable, but for sure it's got that beautiful trumpet on it. Yeah. And it's got, it's, it's again, got another example of that really nice falsetto where Mike goes up to the upper end of his range. And that's really nice. Mm-hmm. This one's almost kind of like, lullaby-esque uh it's very comforting you know it feels like a slow dance of a song which i think given some of the more none of it's very harsh but some of the more kind of like chin strokingy type stuff that's across this record for sure is actually a really nice way to just kind of it feels like a warm bath mm. you know <laughs> a nice warm soapy bath nice warm soapy bath oh fantastic is there a rubber duck in there you better believe it in this situation the rubber duck is the trumpet yes it is but then on the other hand you've got my instincts of the enemy which is where i think lp2 really gets into its stride i think Mm. this has got a better like comparatively between the two songs i think this has got a better vocal performance um i think this is one of the best vocal performances on lp2 um it's got some nice harmonics on the guitars. It's got some nice trumpet, uh, not trumpet. It's got some nice, <laughs> it's got some nope. nice tambourine usage. It's mm-hmm. got, yeah, I, I just really like this song. I think it's a better song overall. I think it's a better American football song overall in this bracket. And I really enjoy it. I think actually, now I think about it, because in terms of where it is, having come after Where Are We Now, it's a really, because Where Are We Now is a big builder. Mm-hmm. intentionally because it needs to be from where from w- what it does for the album and to go from that into instincts of the enemy i think it's a per- it's the best track too. kind of you had a bit of that here's a bit of this like you say some absolutely gorgeous top lines and the harmonic parts of it are just the clean guitars on this record are just glassy they're clear they are beautifully put together the way they play off each other again like the the core production value of the hard panning left and right means you can really take in something slightly different every time you go for a re-listen. So actually, 
yes, for sure, feels like a warm bath and it's slow dance of a song. It's nice. But I think Instincts is, um, it inhabits its own space, which I think is very important at this stage of the competition if you're going to have something that uh, is supposed to bounce off something else. Mm. So actually, I think maybe Instincts is the is the better choice of the two. Correct. Hurrah. <laughs> All right, second to last bracket. If you're playing at home, you're getting to the point where you're itching because your favorite song hasn't come up yet. But this bracket is Letters and Packages from the EP. Mm. Uh, And that is against I've Been So Lost from LP2. I feel so. I mean, the drum beat. Yeah. That I've been lost for so long drum beat mm-hmm. is so enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It's Just put it through. It's going to win. It's going yeah. to win. Great it's e- going to win the whole thing. Oh, okay, let's not speak too soon. <laughs> uh, it's very it, it, it's very good, you know, but... Uh... So it was, the, okay. it was the first single from LP2. I think it's probably the strongest song on the record, maybe bar the opener. Where are we now? Yeah, I would. I would give you that. But I think as a one-off single, you can't really beat it. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I'd agree. I, rem- I remember listening to this song and, and being hyped that American football were about to release some new music. Um, again, it's, it's it's got that guitar play you want. Ooh, again, those drums. Ooh. And yeah, it's it's just really nice. Uh, yeah, it's great. Letters and Packages is a taste of what's to come. That's what I've written. Yeah, <laughs> It's kind of like a keep at it, boys. You're going to get there. Uh, and that brings us on to our final and quite arguably the hardest one. Yeah. Uh, so this, of course, is little known American football song, Never Meant, from LP1 and Every Wave to Ever Rise from LP3. Uh, before we get into this, Connor, what's your favourite Never Meant meme? <laughs> um, I've been recently enjoying no not so much a meme but my favorite version of never meant there is a 80s synth pop version that i've been enjoying quite a lot there was uh dmx i think it's dmx you know <laughs> no i think there's an american football versus dmx i really hope there is i remember hearing it and like fucking losing my shit it was so funny it's like when the when the beat hits, he's like, da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> it's so aggressive for such a show. Was he DMX? <laughs> Did you write that down? Because I also I also write wrote Oscar. What's your favorite American football never meant meme? No, I didn't. I didn't write it down. I just felt right. Yeah. So I enjoyed the eighties version. Um, I very much enjoyed this version with DMX that I can remember in my mind, but can never find online. Um, and I also there's just plenty of videos where it's like a rap battle. And then it drops and everyone goes mad. What's your favourite? I think uh, I think my favourite is the uh, Mario 64 version um, with classic Nintendo instruments. <laughs> or I think someone did one with um, someone did one with uh, the first verse or so of Down with the Sickness, but then gave up because the song is in six and <laughs> Down with the Sickness is firmly not in six. Uh, other than that, I think my favourite one that isn't and never meant specific but is definitely american football specific is the one is the shot of the simpsons house with homer sticking his head out the window oh yeah that was every other person's facebook header for a while uh that was good that was a good time but we were we're not here to do that we're here to continue that's a this different bracket. podcast that's a different bracket maybe we'll even do that if there are 32 
never meant memes who knows anyway so never meant obviously the song that everyone wants the song that casual listeners enjoy the song that tumblr enjoys but it's also mm. a really really good song and quite frankly without this song would american football be here uh now it was ranked number one uh the top emo song by vulture hound recently um it's it, it's a great song um but it is going fantastic up, song it is going up against every wave to ever rise on lp3 which i consider probably one of the best american football songs as well yeah Whew. it it's um it's a very tough thing to try and compare because you know it, it's like american football sweet child of mine is it their best song mm. well it's difficult to say because you're absolutely right if this song hadn't been as big as it was be it through the internet or whatever else i'm sure there are tens to hundreds of songs which the world has never heard and will never hear from similar points in time but never meant got lucky and got picked back up again yeah and created this demand for the band to come back and venture into um you know making music again mm. and so it, you know you, you can put all that weight on it quite fairly but i think we do at least at this last critical stage of the first round we need to be objective and never meant is an absolutely triumphant song mm -hmm. it is everything you want in an emo rock song it's got the really nice twinkly guitars the fantastic drum beat that when you first hear it you can't quite get your head around because you're expecting it to be in four and it's kind of in an extended bar of six and the tone selection's great and the the great guitar break at the end is you know hands in the air hell yeah but it's um, against, as you've said, arguably one of the biggest, most expansive and powerful songs from the other end of their career. Do you think um, Every Wave to Ever Rise would be as good a song without Elizabeth Powell on it? I mean, it's really difficult because to have three vocal features on an album as they do on LP3 mm -hmm. is quite a bold move, but all of them absolutely bring it. And I do believe that whilst the songs wouldn't be worse without them, they certainly take on a new kind of life in a space by having that. The word we use constantly within this podcast, not just this episode is interplay it's the way that yeah. things relate to each other because with all this extra instrumentation there's a lot of potential for things to get lost for things to get muddled and someone's just be in there for the sake of it mm -hmm. you know it's almost quite a trope in the more heavy scene to have a vocalist from another group come in and do a verse or something to kind of go oh look that spices up what would otherwise be an uninteresting verse yeah whereas i think in this case it actually does add a new dimension the movement of it, because I think she takes the first chorus, doesn't she? Yeah. And then Mike takes the second, which is such a... It, in, we'll get onto it, but in Uncomfortably Numb, it really makes you wait for the vocal feature. Mm -hmm. Whereas with this, it's quite upfront because it almost unsettles you because you're expecting this traditional, well, it's featuring this person, they'll come in at the end. But for it to actually be, no, this needs to happen now, it um, it makes you take notice. And it in a it, long story long, I do think it would be worse if the vocal feature wasn't on it because it brings so much to it. Yeah, I, I think if Elizabeth Powell of Land of Talk, uh, Canadian indie rock band, if she wasn't on this song, I think Nevermen would walk through it. 
um, just because of its prowess and its history. But I think yeah. what Elizabeth Powell brings to this song elevates this song above Nevermen. And I know, I know, trigger warning. Like, Ooh. you can all get angry that we've not, that I don't see Nevermen going through first round. But I think I'm, I'm looking at this as if this was the final. And I think every wave to ever rise wins in my mind because of this guest vocal appearance. And, you know, the purists will say, well, that's not American football. Well, it is because they, is. They, they worked on this together. And I think it's, it's just beautiful. Like there's one line of French in there, oh, which, makes, gorgeous. which makes this song even more interesting in my mind. It adds another layer to it. And mm. it, there's the whole final act of this song where it's just instruments and it just sits and there's like moving into a minor key it just creates this atmosphere that you that i just i just can't get away from um i can always go back and listen to nevermen whenever i want yeah and hey, the great thing is nevermen's been around almost as long as i have on the planet uh <laughs> it's not going anywhere you know it it's not going anywhere don't worry you can turn off now and put nevermen on but i will turn nevermen off more times than i will turn off every wave to ever rise I've done Nevermen. I've completed Nevermen. <laughs> I'll still enjoy Nevermen. And don't get me wrong, yeah. I will enjoy it till the end of time. But sure. if this was the final, I would pick every wave to ever rise. The The truth of it is, if it wasn't for Nevermen and the success that it went on to have, posthumously almost, yeah. LP2 and LP3 arguably wouldn't exist because there wouldn't be this outrageous call for them to come back. Yeah. However, in terms of songs that will stand the test of time and the songs which are going to still hit hard, it's a double-edged sword because Nevermeant has become almost this thing that people feel the need to meme to make exciting. And mm -hmm. you know, they're very funny. And it, the fact that the songwriting is, you know, you can do an eight-bit remix of one, you can do an orchestral r remix of one, or you can do a, however many different, you know, you could do a reggaeton or like a dancehall version of Nevermen, it'll probably still sound good because the songwriting is rock solid. Mm -hmm. But it's not hitting me in the same way as this kind of almost like final form of American football does. This, Their work on LP3 is the band that they were always meant to be, and that band wouldn't necessarily exist if it wasn't for Nevermen, but... They didn't stop there and for good reason. Yeah. They continued to grow, as did the songwriting, as did, as did the emotional impact, as does the emotional impact. So I think that it's um, it doesn't detract from the importance of that song whatsoever. It's a fantastic song. It is it deserves every accolade it has. However, I think in this case, we need to let it be... <laughs> we need to lay it to rest. <laughs> Nevermeant has had a good innings. It needs to just take five. Let's... Uh... Let's move. Go sit on the bench and have some orange slices, my dude. You've 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 done the Lord's work. Yeah. <laughs> so every wave moves through. I think we're quite concise. And just before we end round one, Oscar, mm. in your mind, yes. If Nevermeant wasn't here, just for the people that are gonna say it, if it was on a different bracket somewhere else, would is Nevermeant your ultimate winner? No. Good. Mine neither. Moving on to round two. All right, so we are in round two. Thanks for sticking with us. Round one is always a bit of a slog. Uh, Oscar, how many songs are representing each album in round two? This may well be our most even matchup to date of all three. Uh, we've got six songs from LP1, four songs from LP2, and six songs from LP3. Mm. So 
not necessarily what I expected. I thought at the start of this that the more polished nature of LP3 would stand it in superior stead, but it's a very even split, which is good. I like that. I'm a big fan of equal opportunity when it comes to bangers. Yeah, absolutely. So the first round, the first bracket of round two is Air Apparent from LP3 versus Where Are We Now? So you've got opposite ends of the, not opposite ends really, but I think they occupy opposite spaces where Where Are We Now is kind of opening up, whereas Air Apparent is kind of closing down, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. I think that the size of Air Apparent with kind of extra airy instrumentation, again, that I mentioned in the first round, it gives it a certain kind of gravitas that Where Are We Now does still have but not in quite as well executed a way mm. and i just love that big choral kind of fade out towards the end it, it, it makes you feel very at home in a way it, it gives it a certain kind of weight that um where we now doesn't quite achieve in the same way because it's a lot more natural sounding i would say so for me i might give this one to air apparent on a gut check Hmm, interesting. I I like both these songs. Let's start there. Okay, that's good. That is good. I, I think I fought quite hard for Air Apparent on the first one. I think, again, with the choir, it's great. Ugh, the instrumentation is really good. Um, but the things that I enjoy the most about Where Are We Now is more of the opening up. I think it's a better song in regards mm. to that. I think that it opens up lp2 fantastically i think it really brings you in as a listener um there's some almost like a halftime beat going on there at the beginning of it when you're like a minute and 20 seconds in to get it going there's some again just like great drumming um this this one's actually a lot harder than i thought it was going to be what's your thoughts on where are we now i still love where are we now as a opener and i think of all of their records it's a hard bar to clear because lp1 opens with nevermen mm. and then lp2 opens with this and lp3 opens with silhouettes yeah they're they are a bloody good opener and they set the tone really really well for the way that the record is going to go yeah i'll be honest i might just give it to air apparent just still based on the choir like i just think the choir adds so much to that and as i was saying for other features i think would air apparent be the same without a choir? And I don't think it would. I don't think it would have. No. I don't think it would stand up against uh, where are we now if it didn't have the choir. But the choir really like blows me out of the water every time I listen to it. I think it adds that extra element and that extra depth. So I'm also on reflection, mm. leaning more in air apparent. And I think your your points on the other two albums opening tracks has sort of swayed me in that. They do write some very good opening tracks. Oh, very, very good. And I think it's very hard and it's a trope that a lot of bands who are writing album three or have been going for a while often fall into is just, well, how do we make this album sound bigger mm. and more uh, well thought out and more fully formed? Oh, let's get a choir on it or let's whack a string section on it. And often that can be seen as quite a transparent okay well you didn't have a good enough bit of songwriting to uh 
to justify that. Whereas I think with Air Apparent, it much like the vocal feature on Every Wave, it would not be as good a song if it didn't have that kind of climax point of mm-hmm. where the instrumental builds to. And it, it's a very fine line to tread if you're not, you know, like a progressive metal band is to whack a <laughs> choir in there and it not seem shit. tacky. And it, it really... It, yeah, shit, basically. And it doesn't. This is the opposite. This is not shit. This is actually good. Yeah. So that's that's why I, I think it just edges it. Yeah. Nice. We're, we're in agreement on this one then. Air Apparent moves on through. Next up, we have Uncomfortably Numb featuring Hayley Williams and the one with the world itself. The most uh, one-sided battle. <laughs> Again, like, don't get me wrong, I, I I, don't, I'm not discrediting my earlier statement on trumpets being winning. <laughs> Nine out of ten times. Again, this is the other one out of ten. I can't believe it's come up against it once again, because Uncomfortably Numb is, I don't throw this word around too liberally, I think it's a perfect song. I think it's very close to it. I have an opinion on a more perfect song in this discography. And I, 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 I sense I know which one it's going to be and we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in good time. I like that. I feel for me that this is, I'm going to tarnish this with a brush. So basically for if there are any people that are not too versed with American football who have got to this part in the podcast, I feel like this is another never meant moment for the band. This yes. was a moment where a whole new generation of people discovered this band and I don't think this was done, getting Hayley Williams on this song was done for that purpose. I think it was done because Hayley Williams is a fantastic artist and a great singer. But I feel like this was when a lot of people sat up and went, oh my God, Hayley Williams is on, is a feature of this band that I've never heard of. And I remember this leaking all over the place when it came out. I remember yeah. people yeah, I losing remember their minds over Hayley Williams writing another song because, you know, Paramore fans... They need their Hayley Williams fix. This is like for diehard Paramore fans, Hayley Williams does Hayley Williams doesn't tend to do a lot of vocal features, really at all. She did one with Zed back in the day, not really the same deal as this. <laughs> and it's very much not a case of uh, you'll appear on this because that'll get some kids in, as you said. It really yeah. is you are the best person for this because her voice is astonishing on this on this song yeah the the vocal interplay is really good the the call and response style in the Mm. chorus is is really Mm. really good and and i mean even when she has her own verse it's just it's just really good yeah yeah i think this is close to being a perfect song i think it's everything that american football are were and are still gearing into it's it builds beautifully it crescendos beautifully it gives me everything i want and I'm quite happy for it to go through. I mean, it's, it's it's not even a question for me. As I've as I've said, I love the one with the word. It's a it's a it's a it's a trumpet based banger. <laughs> All right, uh, uncomfortably numb goes through. Uh, next, we have "Can't Feel You" from LP3 again versus "Born to Lose" from LP2. Like you make my head explode. So we've got another vocal feature on this one, one of LP3's 
three vocal features. And once again, it's not done as a gimmick. American football have no reason to resort to gimmicks. They've got the fan base already. <laughs> they've got their own gim- they've got their own gimmicks with Nevermen. <laughs> they they're yeah, they're they've got a healthy supply of gimmicks in the back chamber, so don't worry about that. This again is an example of it couldn't really have been anyone else in my mind. No. There's it just feels like it came together so naturally and so seamlessly yeah i I can't imagine the song without it um fantastic like building instrumentals at the beginning where you've got that kind of the bell sounds and the chanting almost coming in it it makes you feel quite uh almost unsettled but in a very comforting way which is quite an odd balance to 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 feel and then when that beat kicks in as well i feel like it really it almost like jolts you into the song gets you going yes and i'm all for that. I love being jolted. Love the feeling. I actually think this is the the best feature on LP3. Um, Interesting. I was more impressed with this feature, pretty much because it's Rachel Gosling of Slow Dive. Like, I'm I'm well into that. Um, yeah, who saw that coming? I I I thought like everything about this song is really good. Um, I think it feels like Mike is up in sort of the higher ends of his vocal reach. But I don't feel like which he's I like. yeah. I don't feel like he's straining too much in this song though, which which is what I like. Um, yeah, I I just think this is a fantastic, fantastic song. Um, I think it. Yeah, I've yeah. I I think it's the best one with the feature in from LP3. A musical tour de force. Yeah, I am amazed that I don't write for music publications. <laughs> it is a good song. I like it. <laughs> Hey, I'm a simple guy, you know. I like a song. That's what that's all you need to know. Um and, and it's going up it against it's going up against Born to Lose, which I pretty much said I didn't really enjoy. So I mean that's that says all you need to say. Uh doesn't detract from it. Born to Lose, another great song, but <laughs> it doesn't have that same hit. It doesn't so no. why 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 argue it? It's it's uh it's feel you. Let's 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 move on. Yep. There you go. Nice. Okay, then we've got uh The Regrets Are Killing Me from LP1 versus Stay Home from LP1. Got a nice LP1 hitter hit. Um, for me, the, the uh, Stay At Home is the better of these two songs. As I yep. alluded to in the last one, it's my favourite track of LP1. It's the longest track on the record. There's that, you know, that mm-hmm. whole three minute, 20 build again. If you can't say it, if you can say it in three minute twenty instrumentally before you've even got lyrics in, then you know, hell yeah, yeah. I I, I find it very hard to argue with that logic, and it's it's just um, it's very satisfying as a piece of music that has that kind of length. Yeah, uh, it is a very satisfying song, and it is a pleasure to listen to. Not to imply that the regrets isn't, but that's more of a traditional quote unquote sad emo song. Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 more for the you know the the uh this isn't a phase kind of people you know <laughs> me which i fall into you know i'm well yeah dudes both of yeah, us we it's fall fine into that. it's but fine. like at the same time i feel like stay home does something a bit different and as such does something a bit special mm. yeah i, so I tend it's, to agree it's gotta it's gotta be that really yeah that's that's absolutely fine Onto the other side now, we've got Mine to Miss uh, from LP3 versus Summer Ends from LP1. So let's just sing. 
for me, again, neither one of us were particularly enthusiastic about Mind to Miss. I don't think. No, I think I think that was that was dealt a, a nice hand on on um, on bracket one on round one there. But there are some other songs that could have made this second bracket a little bit more difficult. But yeah, I think summer ends for what was alluded to in the last time. It's it's going through. Well, basically, what's happened here, if you, if you view it as uh, like an actual fight, what's happened is that. The summer ends is like spent the summer training, pulling trains, punching blocks of meat, and now it is ready to absolutely decimate <laughs> Mind to Miss, and therefore it does, because it's ready. It's ready, it's battle-hardened, and it's a big-time banger. Hell yeah, summer ends. Good for you. That that one, the summer ends goes through, right? That's that, that's where we came to. I got that, lost you, in the metaphor there. Yeah, oh yeah, we're, we're, on the same, we're on the same metaphoric wavelength there. Okay, Fan- fantastic. I, I muddied the waters by comparing it to Rocky, but there we go. um okay so moving on to the next one we have silhouettes from lp3 versus leaving soon from lp1 i'm starting to think like these second round brackets are quite heavily uh favored for bangers I feel like this is a little bit one-sided some of these because Silhouettes is the better of these two songs in all intents and purposes. Yeah. yeah. And I almost feel like but, I'm still not ready to go into why Silhouettes is the better song because it hasn't got a worthy opponent yet. Okay. We will we will do a very surface level because we haven't referenced it really at all other than identifying it as being an opening track. Yeah. Okay. I, I'll go in at like, you know, there's those videos on YouTube of three levels of making this meal. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do, we're going to do the, we're going to do the amateur level of, of describing silhouettes here. Silhouettes is a really good opening track. <laughs> that's, that's it. That is the, that is the absolute amateur description of what this is. <laughs> and then if we apply the same thinking to leaving soon, leaving soon is a pretty good track that's on LP1. Silhouettes goes through. Silhouettes goes through. Stay tuned for more in-depth discussion. <laughs> and oh man, I can't wait. Uh, next one, what have we got? Next up, we have Honestly versus My Instincts Are The Enemy. Mm. This one feels a bit more evenly weighted yeah, to me. Yeah, what we came for. Here we go. So what is your your gut reaction to this kind of matchup? It it tosses and turns because I I really do like both of them. Um but it's probably leaning towards honestly. Yeah, that's my that's my kind of I feel like I'm stuck reaction in as well. I feel like I'm stuck in that nostalgia train with it. Like that bloody bass line. <laughs> boom 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 boom. <laughs> it just it just makes me smile like an idiot. It's pretty dumb almost, but it's not. Like it, yeah. it's it's very um very close to being silly. Yeah in terms of how nice it is. And again, it's very hard to beat that really big, triumphant, drawn out, big open chordy bit mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. Oh, it's um, just, again, I, that's the part that I was referencing to where I felt like it was it was pulling away from the beat. Um, I love that bit. I feel like that's the, that's, the, that's the reward you get for sitting through that bass line, even though it's not very long. <laughs> Feel like I'm shitting on a baseline. Yeah, it's it, it's a very it's a very it's a very short payoff, isn't it? Yeah, and it's not hard work. It's still enjoyable, yeah. but yeah, it's definitely um it's definitely a weird. Where it comes to uh, my instincts are the me- uh, where it comes to my instincts are the enemy. Um, 
I feel like it still has a little bit of. I mean, it, it, it still is. A, it's still a great song. It still has the release <laughs> that I'm after, but in comparison, it has that nice middle eight bit where the guitars are playing against mm-hmm. each other, and it sounds like there's what like four or five guitars sitting there interplaying with each other, and then you get the 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 little drum fill that I was referencing, which really pumps me up. I love I love a small drum fill. Um, a little one, a tasteful fill. Yeah, a nice know? tasteful fill. You're in that. It's not, it's not a, is that the pocket you're in? Yes, it is. I love it. Ooh, um, it's, a, it's a little pocket touch. <laughs> but it doesn't give me what I want in terms of euphoric release that honestly gives me in that mid late and that driving yeah. chord sequence and the pulling and the syncopation and the yeah and the the. I haven't even thought about. I just thought about the uh, the the tom beats that you get in. Honestly, the little nice little tom fills. Yeah, I'm I'm all I'm all for honestly on this one. Really utilizing every inch of that kit in a very tasteful way. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So we're we going with honestly. I think so. Yeah, that that makes the most sense to me. Uh, okay, that brings us on to the final bracket of round two. Look at this, breezing. Yeah. We'll be out of here by lunchtime <laughs> tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> we have. I've been so lost from LP2 versus Every Wave to Ever Rise from LP3. You know what's going through, so just get on with it and we'll get on to round three. Yeah, it's it's Every Wave to Ever Rise. Uh, I've Been So Lost is really nice because of that really good pump-up drum beat, but for all of the reasons we wax lyrical about, I mean, l- let's be real, if it beat never meant, it's going to sure as shit be I've Been So Lost, you know? <laughs> Yes, correct. Not again. I want to be so careful about this. It's not because I've been so lost is bad. It's not. I love it. It's a really good song. However, the gravitas there it is again. That word Oof. gravitas held by every wave to ever rise is just very undeniable yeah. in the face of a lot of other contenders. I think it's going to take something pretty special to knock it out. Absolutely. So let's let's shift that baby through bit of fond farewell to I've Been So Lost and a fond farewell to round two because that brings us through to the semi-finals. Quarter yes. final. Quarter final. Three in. Still don't know how brackets yeah. work. So that brings, that us- brings us through into the quarterfinals. So welcome one and all to the quarterfinals. We've got some very strong contenders here coming through. We have in the left-hand corner... Air Apparent from LP3. Uncomfortably Numb, also from LP3. Can't Feel You, another LP3, and Stay Home from LP1. And in the right-hand corner, we have The Summer Ends, the full version from LP1. Silhouettes from LP3. Honestly from LP1. And Every Wave to Ever Rise from LP3. As you can see, heavily weighted LP3 to 1, LP2, Mm -hmm. and the EP, and the demos haven't made it into this stage of the competition. But uh, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Lovely to have you. Wipe your feet on the way out. <laughs> and um, let's see how these ones all fare up against each other. Uh, just as a little check in. Going into this, I'm sure you had a, a predetermined idea as to which was going to be the winner. Let me just ask. I don't want to know what it is just yet, but is your contender still in the running? My contender is still in the running. Is yours? That's good. So is mine. Yeah, yeah mine's, mine's still there. Oh, okay, uh, good. So let's just let's let's just leave it at that, shall yeah, we? Yeah, let's let's crack on. So uh, welcome to the quarterfinals again. Here we are with an LP3 classico. Uh, we've got Air Apparent, which we, I feel like we've talked about quite a lot to this point, probably more than any others. Mm. Uh, against Uncomfortably Numb. We were gentle too. 
finally a worthy opponent. Yes. I say a worthy opponent. They're all worthy opponents. But yeah, I know precisely where I fall on this one too. So I'm going to take this moment to talk about the one that I don't think is going to win. I want to talk about Air Apparent because it's very good. Yes. The first one we started talking about and it has a great deal of emotional weight to it. It's put together really nicely. That same thing we've spoken about and we'll continue to speak about because most of this is LP3 mm-hmm. is that really intelligent arrangement. Yeah. And the way the vocals sit and the comfortability that they will have when arranging it to add more layers, add more harmony, bring more uh, more more flavours to the bubbling pot of the American football song. Mm-hmm. However, Uncomfortably Nung, as I did just say, and I'm maybe shooting myself in the foot with, I think is a perfect song, <laughs> or at very least a near perfect song. I want to be very clear in saying with all of these that I say are good, it's not because the other one's bad. It's just uh, I think that Uncomfortably Numb is a better song that I am more likely to sit and listen to on its own. It's more of a song that I'm looking forward to in the span of the record. Uh, I think it deserves to go through for that reason. Yeah, well, interestingly enough, they are three and four, Uncomfortably Numb coming in third track and air apparent coming in number four so they you know are placed next to each other maybe for a reason that we're unaware of maybe because they sit well with each other maybe the tempo is the same um i also am leaning quite heavily on uncomfortably numb uh, again i still think the choir is great in air apparent um but i do think mm. uncomfortably numb is the better of the two songs it's the song that i enjoy more there's the in like I think the interplay between Mike and Haley is more impressive than the choir in Air Apparent. Yeah, it's some of the best corner response vocal delivery I've heard and like the really gradual introduction because Haley's there doing backgroundy harmonies yeah. before she comes in doing the lead. And then the A, B, repeat call and response is just chef kiss. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fantastic. And it's one of those things where if you swapped them around and Hayley Williams was on air apparent and the choir was in Uncomfortably Numb, both of those songs get worse as a result. Yeah, both of those songs. Yeah, that's an odd... I know it's not necessarily... A f- it's not It's not a fair metric to use, but yeah. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, all things are in their right place and as they should be on these two tracks respectively. Um, yeah. And with all those parts put together, Uncomfortably Numb is... A little bit better to my ear. A little bit better to me too. Oh, there we he go. goes through. Uh, he goes through. Um, fantastic. On to the next. On to the next one. We have I Can't Feel You from LP3 uh, featuring Rachel Gosling from Slow Dive versus Stay Home from LP1 featuring no one. Featuring all the members of American football. <laughs> what a what a get! Um, yeah, again, here we are. It's getting it's getting crunch time now. Um, I yeah, I just think "Stay at Home" is just fucking great. I just think it's the the best song on LP One. Um, I feel like I've spoken about it still quite a lot. Um, yeah. yeah, I have much more. I, like I was saying, I think that the Rachel Gosling feature is the best feature on LP3. I don't think it's better than Stay Home. 
I agree with you. Um, my 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 gut tells me stay at home. Is again, I'm going to use another useless comparison. If I was to remove <laughs> "Can't Feel You" from the track listing on LP3, I would be less upset than if I removed "Stay Home" from LP1. Yes, I'd be upset if either of them weren't there. They're both very important to the overall span of the album, and that would make LP3 seven tracks long. And come on, what a mm. what a short change! But yeah, I, I think the the bottom line is I feel stronger towards "Stay Home" as well. Yeah, I think. I think from LP one as well, like if we're going to get into the nostalgia or like personal affinities with the song, I think for me personally, stay at home has a, a greater weight, uh, than, than I can't feel you from LP three. It's just good. It evokes a lot of nice summery memories, like the cliche just, I am, but just good drinking just good. beers with my bros out in it the is, sun It is good. I've spoken about how much I enjoy this song. I think Stay at Home goes through for me. I think it's I uh, it's probably the easiest of the quarterfinals. Yeah, that was that was that was quite that was quite good. I like that one. Um <clears throat> on to something a little more difficult. And we're now entering uh level two of the description for this track. So we've got Summer Ends versus Silhouette. Welcome to uh, An Enthusiast Speaks About Silhouette. <laughs> Is that me? We're both enthusiasts. I mean, I'm more than happy to kick it off. Or t- t- Tell me how you feel about this track. Silhouettes? Yes, please. Because we haven't really spoken. We've, sp- we've, sp- we've spoken plenty about Summer Ends. It's time to give this the attention it deserves. Silhouettes gets me, gets me hyped. Um, I love a bit of glockenspiel. It has the same... Mm. I enjoy it almost as much as I enjoy trumpet. Uh, and the fact that they've just come in and been like, hey, you know what? We we could have played this on guitar. It could have been a nice guitar line, but let's May well have been written on a there. guitar. More than likely was written on a guitar. Yeah, absolutely. But that, it even comes down to the panning and the fact that it's doubled mm. up and it bounces between your left and your right ear. And it's... Oh, I- I'm very I glad remember, you spoke about the way it's 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 put in the ears because it's, it's oh, one yeah. of my favorite headphone experiences. It's just oh, absolutely absolute insane. Um, it it gets to like the 45 second, and you're like, oh, there it's coming. It's come. Oh no, we're getting some more glockenspiel. Maybe some maybe some wood instruments is coming, and maybe a bit of hitting on the woods there. Um, it just brings hitting like a on whole, the woods brings a whole new element to the band um the fact that they now tour with a percussionist who plays glockenspiel boy it just brings like a whole new element to this to the band and the sounds that they can produce and that's my enthusiastic take on it because i see it walking through this round yeah and and i i'm gonna save uh being too much of a sycophant towards the way the song is put together for uh when it inevitably gets the deep dive in the next round because you're absolutely right it walks it um (laughs) this is not to say that the summer ends is in any way undeserving of its place this point in the competition as we said it trained hard in the in the cold winter of wherever rocky is filmed it worked really hard to fight against other things it went from a demo all the way through to this absolutely triumphant colossal summer emo anthem which is just really timeless powerful perfectly constructed however not a single glockenspiel in it or a trumpet to even give it that extra edge so i'm afraid wait hang on hang on 
Is there a trumpet in it? There is a trumpet in it. Starts, even with a trumpet. With a trumpet. Fuck me, even with a trumpet, it can't beat it. <laughs> if, there's one th- if there's one thing you want to take away from this podcast is that trumpet beats no trumpet, but glockenspiel beats trumpet. Yeah, no, nothing's going through with a trumpet anymore, I don't think. Oh my, that can't be it. I mean, you know. <laughs> can't be true. <laughs> sacrifices have to be made. You know, you've got to break a few eggs to make an omelette and a couple of trumpets so. have got to fall so that the xylophones can ring out. Yeah. Um, yeah, Silhouettes is Silhouettes is going through this one. Uh, it's a very good song and I'm excited to talk about it again in a hot minute. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to the last quarterfinal. Uh, honestly, from LP1, which has got some high praise uh, versus Every Wave to Ever Rise which also has got some high praise from LP3. Give me a second, because I'm now putting myself in the mindset. I'm all about jumping out of, uh, you know, jumping from reality to reality, thought to thought on this one. And the one I come down on first is which of these two would I rather see in a live setting. Yeah. Uh, because I think they've I both the got thoughts. that. Yeah, they've got, they've both got that same kind of, oh, it's good on record, but you really have to, you know, feel it, feel it when you're mm-hmm. listening to it, turn it up loud, you know, feel it in your chest and whatever. And I think that my gut reaction is that that end section of honestly mm. is just gonna, mm. is just gonna, just, just, just gonna clinch it for me. Um, yeah, I also feel that like you've had a couple of beers, you've had a nice ooh, day, yeah. and they drop honestly, and you're like, "Come on, okay. come on, forget on, about it." it. <laughs> oh yeah, let that outro ring for another sixteen bars for I care, boys. Bring it home. I don't, I don't, I don't care. It doesn't have to be true to length. You can play with it. You know, have fun with it. Yeah. And every wave to ever rise, I think, would be harder to recreate in a live way that would be big enough to topple that. You know what? I don't think you're wrong. I think you're, what I've I think you're on the money. Th- th- through this podcast, you're very reluctant to say that I'm right. You always say that you don't disagree or that <laughs> I'm not wrong. <laughs> and I think that's good. It's it's the closest thing we can have to being objective. It's like, oh, yeah, that is a fact when in actual fact it's obviously opinion. But we just happen to have opinions that are correct. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to enjoy about every wave. Um I can't get away from the atmosphere of that song in my mind. Um, mm. But yeah, I am I am at that point now where I'm thinking of external factors. And I'm thinking about what I'd like to see live, what I'm more likely to stick on if I've just got, you know, if I've got a six minute walk, uh, what am I going to listen to more if I'm cycling somewhere? What am I going to listen to more if I've had a couple of beers and I'm walking home and I'm moody? There's a lot playing into it, and I also would much prefer to see honestly live than mm. every wave. Um, I think I think it's interesting that our both of our minds pretty much immediately went to the live element of it, which is something that I think we're both very sorely missing at the moment. And the idea of that, I can really clearly visualize, and you know, I I, I long for it, I pine for mm. it. So um, <laughs> I'm happy with honestly going through. No, as am I, and I think that it would be very strange if something from seminal 99 album american football didn't make it through to the end because don't know i don't know if you know this it's quite a good record that's pretty good if you haven't heard of it so that brings us to the end of the quarterfinals semifinals 
All right, so we are entering the semi-finals. Uh, semi-final one is Uncomfortably Numb from LP3 versus Stay at Home from LP1. And then semi-final two is Silhouettes from LP3 versus Honestly from LP1. So it's a nice even split. That's good. I like it very much. Uh, I, I enjoy it. both ends of the spectrum in mm-hmm. two forms. And... Uh, Let's just get right into it. What's your mm-hmm. gut feeling on Uncomfortably Numb versus Stay Home? I really don't know. This is, yeah, it's, it's... It's that time. It's really that time. It's that time. I mean, obviously, at this stage of the, in the contest, we've both spoken at length about both of the tracks, and... I think the important way to look at it is 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 what I've just said is, is gut feeling and so, I my gut feeling is that there isn't another song like Uncomfortably Numb which is akin to kind of a streamlined almost like radio-y type single mm-hmm. um, from LP3 and I think you actually hit the nail on the head earlier when you said it's like this album's or this generation of American football's never meant in that it is opening them up to so many more uh, new fans and crossing those two things over in a way which I think is respectful to both fan bases. It's not an overly poppy song for the sake of having an appropriate feature on it. It's not a overly twiddly song which Hayley Williams has no place on it. Kind of mm-hmm. brings those two worlds together in a very natural and a very using that word again organic kind of way which absolutely just it creates something great at the end it does i i have been thinking about this in terms of like my enjoyment of the song um uncomfortably numb is not my favorite song from lp3 Mm. the other one is still here uh my favorite (laughs) no spoilers (laughs) <laughs> My favourite song from LP1, however, is Stay Home. So like I've said previously, if you can say it instrumentally for three and a half minutes, then, you know, what else is there worth doing? You've got mm. three and a half minutes of beautiful build. And yeah, I do agree that Uncomfortably Numb puts American football in another never-meant chapter in terms of opening up them commercially and opening them up to a whole new fan base. Is that fan base going to sit around, though, just because Hayley Williams is on a song? Some might. It's not my favourite song in LP3. That's fine. And again, but we're not comparing songs in LP3. We're comparing these two songs against each other at this stage. True. But I was hoping that you'd be able to read between the lines there. No, I... Connor, we're on the same page. It's okay. We're going to get there. But we've got to be, we've got to be <laughs> diplomatic. We've got to play the game that we've set up for ourselves. And we have. I'm going to counter your point with another point in that I agree if you can say everything you need to say in three and a half minutes before you start saying stuff, quote unquote, that's Mm. pretty impressive. However, if you can set the tone for the way the song's going to be in the first 10 seconds, you get a vibe of what the song is narratively trying to say in Uncomfortably Numb in the first 10 seconds with that really nice, Mm -hmm. sparse drum beat and then the like super clean artificial harmonics the guitars are doing which allows so much room for this really relaxed swell of vocals to come in 
which tell this amazing story, which is a thing that is fantastic across all of American football's work. But mm-hmm. the story that it tells you and the both sides of the perspective you see of this, you know, the male and the female voices playing off each other, that call and response that it comes to, it feels like it doesn't feel like you're listening to a song as much as it does. It feels like you're listening in on a conversation and you're listening in on a relationship between two people. You're, you're witnessing the story unfold. Uncomfortably numb is a film in the space of a song. (laughs) You've, you've raised a good point. Would uncomfortably numb be in this position if it didn't have a feature on it? I don't think uncomfortably numb would. I, I think the way that it's written, the way it's constructed, it needs to have a feature. Mm. whether or not that's Hayley Williams or not whether or not that's who they had in mind when they were putting the song together is is one thing but I think that because the narrative of someone uh you know making their way through their life and the difficulty they're facing with someone else and the push and pull the only way that lyricism works is and is conveyed in the powerful way that it is if you bring another person that you can audibly hear pushing and pulling, calling and responding, talking about it, showing another perspective of it lyrically. Mm -hmm. And so I agree, it wouldn't work as well if there wasn't a feature on it, but it also wouldn't exist if there wasn't a feature on it. However, I think it does exist without a feature on. I think it's been played on a few times without uh, anyone externally doing those lyrics. So there are that that melody. So there there is room for people in the band to sing that... I'm not saying it can't be done with I'm not I'm not saying it can't be done I'm just saying that the way this where the song is at its best mm. like in terms of the incarnation of the song at its best you can strip things down you can tweak it for being live and whatever where the song is at its best and it's at its most impactful and tells the story in the clearest way I think is in this on record the way everything sits together instrumentally the way the song progresses musically and the interplay between the two voices and the way that they meld and create this overarching narrative. Mm-hmm. I think it's a brilliant song. I think it's, oh, yeah. I, I stand by my earlier thing. I, I think it's a perfect song. Oh, earlier you said it was almost the perfect song. No, you said it was an almost perfect song. I said <laughs> it was a perfect song from the start. Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm leaning towards this song. I think it's a really good song. Um, I do... I could I could put the same logic in terms of what I like to listen to or what I'm going to listen to more, what I'd like to see live more. And sure. I still think that would be Stay Home. For me, that is more uh, an American football song in my mind. Mm. This is really tough. It is really tough because there's merit to both sides of it. Like neither one of us is objectively right or wrong. It is because mm. they are two different sides of two different coins it's album one to album three it's mm-hmm. 99 to 2019 uh, it's it's uh it's the it's the culmination the difference between the two is a culmination of 20 years of experience and for both of them it is appropriately and effectively represented in you know they're they they exist as time capsules for um where members were where the songwriting was at what the experiences they were having were at that point at each point in time respectively and Mm. whilst i am numerically closer to the point they were at when they recorded and wrote stay home i emotionally feel more connected to where they're at with uncomfortably numb Mm. if that makes sense it does make sense and i feel like you 
you convey those points well enough. So let's take it through. Again, it's one of the hardest ones we've had to do because I completely see the other side of it in terms of the energy that it's brought and the enjoyment that it brings, um, where it sits in terms of an area of nostalgia, mm -hmm. what it evokes, the influences it has given to other things, like the number of bands that have gone on and drawn influence from what they do on LP1 and specifically through Stay Home, mm -hmm. it's impossible to deny. But I think yeah. that in terms of what their quote-unquote best song would be, I think Uncomfortably Numb ticks more of the boxes or leans ever so slightly further into what that ephemeral idea might be. Mm. All right, semi-final two. Oh God, I'm getting, getting a sweat on. I feel like I'm feel like I'm on the on the podium, you know, making a spotlight trying on. to get. Oh my goodness, deer in the headlights. It's but it's it's very intense. We have up next uh, the equally painful matchup of silhouettes from LP3 and honestly from LP1. No easier, if anything harder, I'd say. It's no easier, but I I very much remember listening to this song for like the first, like maybe the first couple of times I listened to it. I remember listening to it on a like really really good L Acoustics PA system, and mm. I remember sitting down, closing my eyes, and just just absorbing it. And I don't think I've been I don't think I've been the same since. You know. I think Silhouettes <laughs> is probably, yeah, it's like seven and a half minutes of just bliss. Um, I think there is nothing jarring about this song. There is nothing bad about this song. Everything about this song is where I want to be. I remember because you, uh, you got a listen to this album a little bit before it came out. Um, and I remember you telling me about it before... Um, before it had come out and describing mm. it and saying that I, I think you, you just said like, I can't accurately describe this. I, I actually can't properly describe this track. Um, there's no way for me to tell you how good it is without you hearing it. And it, it, when that beat hits, like when that beat drops, it feels like you're being like rushed somewhere warm. Like I feel instantly warmer. Yeah, you feel and like the, you've come the, up from being underwater kind of thing. Like it's yeah. it's like the sun's come up and, and even it's, like this, um, even the bass line is so subtle and so easy, but it just but feels so powerful. That, yeah, it's just what like so three powerful. four chords and it just hit and it just sits yeah. in that pocket and it hits you so well. Yeah, and it's it's really a testament to the maturity and the intelligence that goes into the arrangement on this record because the the build and the knowing when to push and the knowing of when to pull mm -hmm. and when to bring things in. And as we've touched on that, that beautiful kind of panning stereo experience that you experience and it builds up and it puts you into, it, it creates this world around you that you are then going to remain in whilst listening to the remainder of the album. You don't, mm -hmm. it, it's, you know, it, it, it's the, it's the first track equivalent of a book that you, that pulls you in from the first line. You don't want to put it yeah. down. You don't want no. to, you want to see where else it goes because it brings in so many impressive and exciting ideas and a genuine build mm. in character from LP2. And as you said, it feels like a band who were remembering how to be a band again on LP2. And this is this is who 
they were trying to be. Mm. This is the band that it took all that time to grow to be and it was worth it like it's a it's it's a end product that is unjust uh, undeniably worth the weight that it took to get there mm-hmm. um yeah i i don't often get like super emotional when i'm listening to stuff on record it's far more of a thing that i find myself doing if i'm watching it live but i think being able to so clearly visualize what this would look like and what this would feel like if i was watching it live i think is enough to make me you know feel stuff when i listen to this track that i might not experience with any other american football thing and i still have a great as you know i'm sure it's come across a great deal of emotional attachment to a great deal of it and like you used a word which i think sums this up perfectly which i, I think is actually the best review is it's, it's, it's bliss it's blissful this mm. track it is, it is yeah that's i could lay praise on it indefinitely i think it yeah. is just another most most bands only get like a perfect song in a career if they're lucky yeah i think this record has at least two perfect tracks in terms of what they do where they go what they say and how they feel and yeah this is very good I think this is the easier of the two semi-finals. Yeah, now I think about it because I don't have anywhere near as much sycophantic praise to lay on, honestly. No, I think honestly has come as far as it can go. Um, I think out of the two, if you're like playing it against Stay at Home, I still think it probably loses to stay at home in a like a third round in like a battle for the third sure but i think it's done really well to get this far i think it's it's not had the easiest time um but i just i just think silhouettes is a better song and i enjoy it a lot more there is a lot yeah. more to that song musically than honestly honestly has a lot of good things going on about it it is pretty classic lp1 but it's not it's not touching silhouettes for me. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly, which I think brings us into the final. Yeah. <laughs> is your is your is your favorite song still here? Yes, my favorite song is still here. Is your favorite song still here? <laughs> it is still here, yes. <laughs> okay, well, I think it's going to become a very very small surprise to anyone when we do reveal it, but um I think before we do get to what we think is the winner. I think it's very important to hear from someone with perhaps a little bit more authority than us, hard as that is to imagine. (laughs) Yes. Let's uh, take a break for Steve Holmes from American Football to tell us what his favourite song is, what his opinions are on the the bracket and uh, maybe some, some other extra tidbits. This is Steve Holmes, and my favorite American football song is Every Wave to Ever Rise. So in, in the spirit of what you guys are doing as a fellow music nerd, I completed my own bracket because it's, you know, that's the kind of uh, kind of pointless task that I can get behind because it's, it's, you know, totally subjective and fun and silly. Um, so I filled one out and I actually pulled the band to see what, what the other guys thought. Yeah, so Lamos and Nate both, they didn't fill out a bracket, but they sent me their top three. Uh, Lamos, the drummer, came back with Stay Home, Every Wave to Ever Rise, and Born to Lose. And then Nate came back 
with stay home, uh, uncomfortably numb, and silhouettes. So they both actually picked stay home as their favorite. And then Mike said he concedes his favorite to me. He didn't pick anything. Uh, so I'm going to pick his favorite as every wave to ever rise, which is my favorite. <laughs> and then uh, so sort of a tie between stay home and every wave to ever rise from the from the band's perspective. But, you know, since I fill out the bracket, you get to hear what I have to say. <laughs> but then, like, I, I will briefly honoring Nate and Lamos. I want to say just a, a couple words about stay home, which I think is is probably like our, our kind of mantra as a band. I think that song is like the early version of what we do best as a band and kind of what we strive for. It's kind of, uh, you know, musically kind of long instrumental stretches. It's like a seven minute jam. It's an odd time and open tunings and kind of has like a slow, subtle development, like minimalist interlocking guitar parts that kind of has all the things that we were, you know, setting out to do early, and I think things that we still continue to kind of, you know, come back to. And then the other song I wanted to mention, which uh, didn't win, but obviously I think is a fan favorite, is Never Meant, which um, easily our most popular song, I guess. And if you pull most casual fans, I'm sure that's the one they would pick as, as the best. And um, I, I think, you know, it's, it's an undeniably good song. I think it's never been like my favorite personally, but it's always been like up there as a as one of our best songs and it's interesting like that one with all like the internet memes, especially like around the intro riff or whatever. Uh like there was a point where a few years ago like that song was on the verge of being ruined for me. <laughs> like I was like sick of it and the memes were, you know, obnoxious and never ending and I was like, oh god, I kind of resent re regret ever writing that dumb riff. Um, but then, like a couple years ago, Jeff Tweedy put out a memoir, which I don't know if you're aware of, it's called Let's Go So We Can Get Back. There's a part that really had me kind of reassess, like, that song in particular and, and kind of come to a new appreciation, and it says, I'm just going to read it, it says, There's an amazing opportunity that so few people ever have in their lives to fulfill a wish for somebody. It's so rare that such a simple act like playing a song someone loves can make someone so happy. If you have that opportunity, that power, to do that for anyone, that's an incredible gift. And um, he goes on to talk about how he doesn't always feel like playing Jesus, etc. or whatever, but, you know, what good reason does he have to deny somebody, you know, who wants to hear that song? And so he plays it one more time, and he's always glad he did. And, and that really, it really stuck with me, and kind of, I have the same feeling around Never Men. Like, it's a song we, we almost always close with, and it's... It's really cathartic for the audience and for us, and it's, you know, I, I've kind of got through the LP3 tour a newfound appreciation of that song. So anyway, back to my personal bracket. I actually, so I just did it like alphabetically, and so my final four came out, uh, Every Wave to Ever Rise versus Air Apparent with Every Wave winning, and then Never Meant versus Uncomfortably Numb with Never Meant winning, and then Every Wave beating Never Meant in the final. Although I also never never meant had the hardest path, like it actually knocked out several of my favorite songs. It beat Silhouettes in round one and Stay Home in round two and My Instincts Are the Enemy in round three, all of which are probably in my top ten songs ever easily. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so so every wave, um, I just love that song. I think, it, and you'll see in my final four, like it's definitely, there's like a recency bias for LP3, which I think 
uh, has some of my favorite songs ever, but also they're the most recent, so that's probably some bias there. But that song in particular, like, it just, it kind of just like grabs you right out the gates. It starts with such like a confidence and swagger. Um, and it's one of the few songs when we're playing it live, like I feel like, oh, we really are a great band. Like it, it feels like this is a thing that we do and we do well and there's not many other bands that kind of sound like this. And kind of similar to what I was talking about with Stay Home, it's it, like if you're into the math, there's a lot of cool stuff happening in that song. It's kind of the main part is in like a 15 beat cycle, sort of an alternating 8-7 with the drums and Mike and Nate's parts. And then my part is like a 3-4 riff that's in five bars, so we kind of meet up after 15. And then the the middle part in the outro, I'm playing basically like a fast 4-4 against a slow 6-8 with the drums in Mike's part, but then it's, I think it's like a 28-bar cycle. It's like six, uh, like four bars of six and one bar of four. So there's just, there's weird things happening throughout that, like if you're into the math of it, you can spend a lot of time nerding out over that stuff, but also you can just get lost in it. Like if you don't know anything about music or time signatures, it's you can kind of just, you know, bob your head and feel it. <laughs> and and I think like w- what I like about this song, like compared to a lot of other like quote unquote math rock bands or whatever, like we're never gonna blow anyone away by, you know, our shredding or like how fast we play or anything like that like that's not our style it's always like we're always going to favor melody and taste over virtuosity and it's it's like subtly complex like it doesn't sound complex but if you actually try to pick it apart there's a lot happening not necessarily within a specific part but within the entire arrangement and how things relate to each other um and then that whole like outro riff um that mike plays we wrote like he had the first part and then the rest of the song we kind of wrote live together in a room and so that that part really um i can like when i hear it i remember kind of sitting in our hot sweaty practice space writing it and it's you know it comes back uh and then like on the actual recording like nate plays vibraphone which is a huge part of it and live we have uh, a percussionist Corey bracken who's been kind of the fifth member of the band through the last two tours he plays vibes and glockenspiel and things live and so it's kind of got you know the expanded american football sound since we've been you know a live touring act and then also our friend elizabeth powell from the great band land of talk sings on it and i just i adore her voice i think she's a phenomenal singer and that part's one of my favorites and then lyrically i think this song is it's like it's more metaphorical than than most of mike's lyrics and it's a little uh, less less straightforward, less obvious what it's about. And then I also like, there's there's sort of like a subtle tongue-in-cheek nod. He sings about all the ballads he sing to me slip into a minor key, and then the song like pivots to a minor key in the outro. It's sort of a cool thing. And then the last thing I love about it is there was actually a video for the song that our friend uh, Ian Ferguson, who's an artist who does artwork under the name Hydean, he did, he like used his art uh, to make like this stop motion animated film and it's it's really cool and, and uh, still to this day like when I close my eyes when we're playing that song I can kind of picture the images going through my head so a lot lots going on in that one so that one's definitely my favorite all right so that was Steve from American football's point of view um, and the bands really nice really nice to hear that 
he approves the format enough that he felt like he wanted to make his own bracket. That's yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool. That's that's, cool. that's all we need. Sorry that no, that we don't agree with any of the members of the aforementioned band American Football. But so often when we do things like this, we realise <laughs> that, that just because they made the music doesn't mean they know the music as well. You know? Yeah. Sorry, guys. Like this is this is our thing, and I think I think we're about to crown the actual best song that you've ever yeah. written. So yeah, good good effort, but. Um, <laughs> needs a needs a bit more finesse i think <laughs> so let's let's tackle this uh this final we've got an lp3 heavy final of mm. uh, silhouettes versus uncomfortably numb now in my in in my initial uh when i put the bracket together and just roughly tried to work it out uh, to just to check it these were the two that I thought were going to be duking it out in the end. Oh, okay, interesting. One of them was for me there. Okay, uh, let, let's just let's just cut to the chase. Was the one you thought um, is your favourite one, Silhouettes? Yes, it is. Okay, good. That's mine as well. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I thought I was going to ask you, and I swear, I swear to God, if you said it's uncomfortably numb, we would be sitting here in another delta sleep situation yeah no i'm i'm not for um i I don't want to don't want to take the uh suspense out of it but i think it's pretty clear from the lengths that we've both gone to to wax lyrical about how great silhouettes is that's that's that can't be too much of a spoiler um it was definitely when i when we first tried to work this bracket out however long ago i did think yeah it's uncomfortable none that's my favorite and then when I was listening through all of the albums again and then again and then again, every time I would get through to LP3, like my, my interest would peak at track one and then would dip a little bit from then onwards. It never got higher than mm-hmm. that one. And I never got more excited. Like the only other point I get that excited is when I get to the end of LP2 because I know I'm going to listen to LP3 now. Like that's kind of quite telling, yeah. I think. Yeah, um, Absolutely. For all of the reasons we've we've explained uh, and we both agree on for once. Uh, I don't think I can talk about silhouettes anymore without repeating myself. Um, yeah. I also agree that it's almost unfair on the rest of LP3 that the first song on the album is just so fucking good. Um, yeah. I think it really proves that American football have hit their like almost peak. I'm sure there will be more and I hope there will be more, and I hope there will be another song that beats Silhouettes. Um, but I feel like they are hitting that final form. They're hitting their stride on this song. It's got everything you want in terms of American football song, everything that the classics and the and you know the fans from early days will enjoy, but also it has everything that audiophiles can enjoy, and it has everything that newcomers to the band can enjoy, and it has extra instrumentation. It has beautifully engineered instruments that sit well on any sound system and best believe i've listened to this on a plethora of sound systems um you've got to you have to it's it it, because it's one of those things that i hate to be the you know textbook vinyl snob or whatever but like you listen to on different systems and you do genuinely pick up different things yep different things come to the front different things settle back New things will come into play. It's it is a symphony yeah. of a track. It is you know it, very rarely does any band touch on something like that 
so seemingly effortlessly. I'm sure it was a great deal of work that went into making it what it was. But yeah, I, I just, it's it's kind of a no-brainer for me. And that comes from all of the great lengths I've gone to to explain how much I love Uncomfortably mm-hmm. Numb because I still believe and I still stand by that's another perfect song. So the fact that a band happens to have two on the same record is just, yeah. speaks volumes really. I think Silhouettes just pips it. I think like... Silhouettes is the perfect song, and I think Uncomfortably Numb is like a 90%, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I'm glad we both agree on this. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think, well, I think that in itself is the greatest testimonial you can get in that if we, two undeniably stubborn people, can unanimously agree that this is this is the one, that, that, that shows you they're doing something right, you know? Final thought just for the, uh, just for the, just for the memes out there. If the final was Silhouettes versus Nevermen, would Silhouettes still win? Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Thanks for listening. Um, Tune in again another day for another one of these. Uh, This has been Brackets. They've been American Football. uh, And Silhouettes is the best song. Thank you very much to Steve for speaking to us about your favourite stuff. Love to hear that you're as much of a big nerd as we are. That comes as not much of a surprise. Uh, If you like what you heard or dislike what you heard, RE opinions, sorry or thank you. (laughs) Uh, We look forward to pleasing and or infuriating you all again this time next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.